Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Well, the panel this morning consists of uh, Kimberly Downs, of course, from TVNZ, Jim Kayes from uh, Sky Sport, a, a, a producer of The Breakdown, as well as uh, an award-winning journalist as well. Um, and specialising in the subject of rugby. I think I'm going to start with tennis first, though, Kimberly. I think I'll come to you in this wonderful story of this tennis final between two teenagers, uh, one of them, of course, having to win it. It was Raducanu, Emma Raducanu, who pocketed uh, around $3 million US dollars for it all. Um, but now, of course, um, her life has changed. Will she be able to handle it? Some haven't. Oh, morning, Smithy. Morning, Jim. That is indeed the big question, and I just think so. For now, you almost just need to appreciate what we got to witness over the last few weeks with her story. Like, if there is a single person who has not been charmed by Emma Raducanu, I would be surprised. And by Leila Fernandez as well, to be fair. Give some credit uh, to her final opponent. But Raducanu, to come through qualifying off the back of a Wimbledon tournament where she had that panic attack and fronted up to the next up to it the next day, to then come through at the very next major through the qualifying process to win it all is just astounding. What a magical run. And on top of it all, it just, she doesn't, she, she seems just like a decent person, doesn't she? She's so composed. She's so eloquent. I think the endorsement deals are just going to come thick and fast mm. for her. But like you mentioned, that is probably where some of the questions will now start to lie and what this means for her future, whether she can back it up. She's only 18 years old. She, by rights, should not have a level of pressure and expectation on her that other players who are more senior than her do. But unfortunately, that is the reality now that her name is known all over the world. So how she now handles that will be really, really interesting to see. But if she does it well... I mean, this is a girl, she's, she's 18 years old, she's had this huge achievement, she's got massive appeal in the sense that she's kind of got, you know, the English-speaking and Mandarin-speaking as well background. There are really no limits on what her future could hold if she can manage to kind of stay grounded from this experience, if she keeps that tight team around her. And I just can't wait to see what she's going to do in the future. Well, Jim, hey, and, uh, and guys, pressure, pressure gets to everybody. Uh, if I could just jump in, I've just seen uh, Medvedev double fault twice uh, in the uh, in, in the. <laughs> he's up five two. He was up forty forty thirty. He's now down. Uh, well, he's just he's just lost the game. So he just he just lost. He double faulted twice, and then he just lost that point. And now this is a man who previously won six four six four 
against Novak Djokovic, who's going to, if he wins this, would be the best, uh, have the best record in the world. So pressure gets to everybody, doesn't it? Uh, let alone if you're an 18 year old from, from Britain. But, you know, I, I no, echo uh, what Kim said. The story about Emma is just beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah. story, and we should just focus on what an incredible achievement she, she did and let the rest of it sort of play out. You know, we've seen so many top tennis players uh, struggle with pressure. But, you know, before Osaka came along, there's been plenty of others who have struggled with the, with the pressure as well. So let's just hope that she continues to delight like she did yesterday and, and her opponent did as well, Fernandez. Speaking of delight, Jim, were you delighted at the All Black performance yesterday in Brisbane or in Queensland? I was certainly encouraged, Smithy, uh, really encouraged by the Ford pack. And let's, let's just take a moment to, to look who was not there. Sam Kane, Sam Whitelock, Cody Taylor, Patrick Tupoloto, uh, Dane Coles um, and Adi Savia were all missing from that Ford pack. And apologies if I missed anyone else out. Uh, and they did a, a fantastic job against the a Pumas team that we know are very good in the forwards, that we know from last year are very good at spoiling and all those sorts of things. So, look, I was a little bit nervous, to be honest with you, uh, thinking further ahead about the Springbok test match, uh, test matches and, and uh, how the All Black forward pack would cope. But from what I saw last night, uh, both in the performance against Argentina and then from the Australians, and particularly their scrum at key moments against um, South Africa, I found it extremely encouraging that performance uh, last night. So yeah, let's let's hope we've, uh, we've the, the All Blacks have got a few more of those in them uh, over the next few weeks. Kimberly, uh, I'm I'm looking at the fifth All Black captain. I think we talked to Sam Kane earlier. The boys did, and um, I think uh, he was captain at the start of the year, and we're now up to number five. But it didn't seem to affect Brody Retallick. Uh, it seemed to bring even even more out of him, if that's possible. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, he was as immense as he ever is at the breakdown, wasn't he? He's such an impressive player. And I think it possibly took a few people back a little bit when he was named captain this time around because perhaps we don't really get to see him necessarily in that leadership role, do we? Um, but certainly he seemed to embrace it. And when it comes to the All Blacks, so many of their captains are these guys who show their leadership best in their play, their style of play how they lead on the field more so necessarily uh, than how loud or how vocal or, or, you know, what sort of pretty motivational speeches they might get. And I think Brody is probably another one of that ilk, and he certainly showed it last night. I mean, man just performed at another level. He is an absolute release. And much like Jim, I mean, I'm really, really, really looking forward to seeing how the four packs, once they get up to the, next, uh, to the test against Springboks in a couple of weeks' time, how they match up against each other. Well, Jim, that's an interesting one uh, because what, uh, and you mentioned the number of players that have been missing from that pack. All of a sudden, with the standard that that pack set last night, there's a bit of hunger. I mean, you, you can expect when Whitelock rejoins the fray, maybe Artie Savia this time around, just, uh, it, it seems the bar has just been lifted a bit, so it's that's doubly good news. Yeah, it is, and, and yeah. look, this is almost sacrilege to, to, to say this, but does Artie Savia have to come off the bench? Um, you know, and, and I say that for a couple of reasons. Uh, being a bench player requires something a little bit special, and I think Artie has that. 
Dalton Papali'i is not a bad bloke to have out there pummeling away for the first, um, I don't know, let's say 60 or, or even 50, let's say 50 minutes. And then you bring on a, a guy like Artie Savia who just has that huge ability to change a game. I just wonder, uh, guys, whether, whether that's something that they might not look at um, for the Springbok Test matches. I doubt they will do it. I mean, he is their captain. He's likely to come back and, and start again as captain. But, boy, they've got some, some depth. They've got some options. Uh, and, you know, when we get... I don't think Smith and Moanga are going to be there for the South African Test matches. Certainly Whitelock's not going to be. But, boy, oh, boy, suddenly that would be a fantastic uh, Test match because... Those young fellas are, are, are playing superbly well. Another guy, Mr. Sorry, Smithy was off a Tunga Fussy. So you look at that mm. front row, very inexperienced front row, apart from when Joe Moody came on. Um, it's exciting. It's really, really exciting, and it's going to be such a clash of contrasting styles when they play South Africa. The box will want to keep it tight. They'll want to play just 1-10. to 10. New Zealand will want to run them off their feet. It'll be really fascinating to see who can dominate control and possession of the ball so that they can then dictate what sort of game we get to see. I can just uh, tell you, uh, please st- stay with us, um, Jim and uh, Kimberly as well, because um, I've got some other things uh, to ask you about as well. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. With Jim Kays this morning and Kimberly Downs, and uh, Kimberly, I imagine that you w- watched a little bit of uh, Australia against the Springboks last <laughs> night, and for Dave, Dave Rennie, something finally to smile about, but it took a bit of Quade Cooper magic for that to happen. What about that performance from Cooper coming back after, I think, around about 1,520 days uh, in between test matches for him? Yeah, I think it was 1,531, I think, if we're going to get specific. Um, yeah, no, I was glued to every second of that test. It was really compelling, wasn't it? And just before you even get to the Quade Cooper element, obviously having the spring box uh, and everything that that entails and then the Wallabies off the back of their three test losses and whether they would be able to back that up now that they were up against a different team. But, man, how good rugby, first of all, Wade Cooper story coming back after all of that time and it's just, it wasn't even about composure, it's also I think about how much he has grown and changed as a person and how much that came across in what he did last night, I mean his kicking game obviously um, on form the entire night but when you watched him when, when you watched him line up Final There didn't look to be an ounce, any sort of nerves about him, and I think he's really like it. It takes one. It's it's one thing I think to say that you know life is bigger than rugby, and it's about more than just the moment and all of that sort of stuff. It's another thing to really believe it, and I think what we saw last night was him believing it and for the sake of the game just what a story what a compelling story how good for rugby how good for Australian rugby and like to say how good for Dave Rooney as well who I think I mean many of us are Dave Rooney fans aren't we so we want to see him do well and it's just so good to see that team finally get across the line. Jim it was interesting he put his faith in uh, Lollisia for uh, the first half of the season uh, it would have been a difficult cons- mm. uh, Decision, I guess, for Dave Rennie to go back on that and go to Quade Cooper, who's sort of been floating around the squad now for uh, about a month. Um, but uh, it appears that it's the right rein and, and something finally for Renz. 
Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I read a really, uh, really intriguing piece from Andrew Mertens in the Sydney Morning Herald where he talked about you know, what you sort of touched on there and what does he do now with Lollisier and, and, and also James O'Connor and Quade Cooper if you look ahead to the World Cup. And Mertz made the point that Quade Cooper's probably not the man who's going to win you a, a World Cup. But he argued that Lollisier might be. Um, so, I, yeah, it, it'll be fascinating to see what, what Dave Winnie does. Um, you know, Quade Cooper, we know he, he's, he's a handy player. He's not that great on defence. They didn't have to do much of that last night because they co- sort of covered that hole for him. Um, but I think Renz has got to take the goal kicking off Lawless here and, and let him play, let him start, let him get the Aussie backline firing because I tend to agree with what Andrew Mertens wrote that if you look ahead, Quade Cooper's not going to be your answer. You've got to go for someone who's going to really ignite that backline. I found last night's game phenomenally boring. I actually went to bed at halftime and watched the second half as the highlights this morning on Sky Sport. And... You know, that was almost an un-Australian type of attack. They just didn't really have anything apart from uh, a couple of the, the big lads that they've got um, that they throw the ball to, and, and, and that's about it. And yeah, yeah, I just think that if Australia is going to succeed, they need to find a little bit more rhythm, a little bit more attacking flair, a little bit more uh, excitement in their game. And, and, and Lola here will probably bring that, but just don't let him be the goal kicker. <laughs> I was going to ask you uh, about that, yeah, I mean, because he kicked so well against the French. But, Kimberly, um, we have to watch, uh, you know, most of us have to watch these games because it's part of uh, our job to, to look at it and find questions out of it. Are you finding rugby, I mean, that was a double header yesterday. Uh, was it t- a tough watch in the end because of the length of the game and the way the game is being officiated these days? Um actually because I I disagree entirely with Jim in terms of the uh, interest level in the South Africa Australia test. I found it pretty compelling. I was glued to it most of the way through and I, I mean maybe it was less about the style of play for me than the fact that it was actually a tight contest all the way through which I liked. Um, I thought the officiating from Luke Pierce was actually pretty refreshing uh, in many ways. He seemed to have kind of a, a, a very um, good control of things. I do think uh, your point about the duration of the game, though, holds pretty true. I felt that particularly the second half uh, of the All Blacks test felt like it dragged a lot, and I think the game entirely ended up taking what was about two hours, two hours 15 or something like that, um, which the real shame in that sort of contest when you had seen, you know, some really great attacks from the All Blacks and some fantastic tries. I mean, we haven't even mentioned the Bowden Barrett offload in this conversation yet, but I mean, you know, moments like that, just absolute magic. So yeah, I think for first point around them taking too long and some of that officiating perhaps taking too long, a few too many trips um, up to the TMO for my liking personally, um, that point certainly holds true. But in, in terms of the two contests that we saw last night, I actually, I really enjoyed them. Mm. OK, Jimmy, I'll give you the final say on this uh, th- this morning. Uh, Medvedev has won, by the way, folks. He's won in straight set, 6-4, I'm just seeing shots, Jim. You might be watching it as well. I'm an almost inconsolable, inconsolable uh, Novak Djokovic uh, crying big tears into his towel there at one point. Uh, man, I, I guess the realisation that the slam is not going to be his, the money doesn't matter, uh, what, that is a totally different scenario to the joy we saw in the women's final. 
Yeah, it is. He's, he's still on uh, 20 with um, with Roger Federer and, um, and Rafael Nadal. And, you know, that's a tremendous effort. But you, you're, you're, you sort of touch on it's not the money for these guys, it's the achievement. And, and I think also the fact that he just didn't really fire too many shots. He was completely outplayed by Medvedev. Uh, but yeah, you do contrast it to yesterday, and and just one more point on yesterday, and, and the joy that those two young young women brought. Uh, you also had Fernandez, who spoke so beautifully afterwards and asked for the microphone back and said, you know, to the to the New York uh, to you people here in New York, you know, around nine eleven, you've shown so much resilience in the last twenty years. I hope I could show that sort of resilience. What a what a level of poise and maturity we saw from those two young women yesterday. Absolutely fantastic, and I guess you see now from Novak Djokovic the the emotion of defeat when 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 you really want to win and you really want to have that that um, that Grand Slam and and that record of twenty one it would be uh, all to yourself. So good to see in a, in a way, Smithy, that the that the emotion of the game still is important to him, you know, rather than mm. uh, other things because he's heavily criticised Novak Djokovic. So. Uh, you know, maybe showing that sort of human side uh, might bring a few people back onto his side. Hope so, Jim. Thank you very much for your contribution this morning, and to you, Kimberly, as always, uh, very, very uh, appreciative of your time this morning. So, thank you both. Uh, that was the panel today. We'll have another one uh, about the same time tomorrow morning. It's